This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Big stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays, 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. Here we go. Welcome to this hour of the program. It's Rob Breckenridge with you on a very busy uh, and eventful Tuesday afternoon. We can talk more about yesterday's election, the reaction to it. Uh, Premier Notley about to announce a cabinet shuffle. Looks as though floor crosser Sandra Jansen may have landed in cabinet. We'll get you the details on that. Plus more in Ottawa today. Questions swirling around Bill Morneau and uh, some ethical lapses, it would seem, maybe on, on his part. More on that story coming up. 403-974-8255 is your telephone number uh, and your text number as well. We'll get to more of your calls and your text. We're looking forward to this conversation. Really interesting new book out, Challenging Canada to be more ambitious, to not settle for bronze, but go for gold. How can we think bigger? Do we need to be bolder as a country? So some pretty big questions, uh, and someone who brings a really interesting perspective to it. Anthony Lacavera, his new book is called How We Can Win and What Happens to Us and Our Country If We Don't. Anthony, of course, was the founder and CEO of what became uh, Wind Mobile. Anthony, great to have you with us here. Thanks for having me on, Rob. Uh, well, it's interesting when when you talk about what you went through in, in founding, I guess what started out is, is Global Live, right? Yes. Or yeah. becoming WinMobile, because, you know, as you talk about in the book, telecommunications kind of embodies a lot of these, these themes that you're talking about. Very much so. You know, when you look at uh, the Canadian economy, we have a lot of oligopolies, and the telecom is one that I challenged and, and shook up a bit. Not enough, <laughs> as it's... Uh, as things turned out. But in banking, we have the same situation in airlines and energy. And what those oligopolies do is it means that as Canadians, we don't get as competitive a service from a lot of the big businesses that we have in our country as our counterparts south of the border or further abroad. Because it seems as though we, we have a history of being of being cautious. Absolutely. Right. Uh, and, and maybe it's good to be cautious sometimes, sometimes. but it's, it's also good to be ambitious, to take risks. Look, I think that we've got to be more bold. We've got to be more ambitious. And more importantly than those things is we've got to change our mindset. We have a colonial branch plant mindset in this country that goes all the way back to the start of this country. And we've got to shed that. And there's no reason for us to have it at this point because we've got great uh, democratic institutions, a strong healthcare system, a great education system. And we're just we're great people. I mean, all around, I've done business in 30 countries, and I can say unequivocally, Canadians are well-liked everywhere, and I think we all know that. We don't capitalize on that, though. We're not good at promoting ourselves and, and having that ambition for, for, to build a global success. Because we're content, I right? Think, yeah, complacency plays into it, for sure. Canada does okay, yeah. and maybe just some people, okay is, is good. I don't think it's good <laughs> enough. I, don't, right. I think it's good enough for today, but it's not good enough for tomorrow. And so part of what I'm talking about is we got to change our mindset and go for gold. Something you've been re- reacting to that's been in the news a lot has been this, this whole business with Amazon, right? Yeah. Everyone wants it. Amazon's going to build a new plant somewhere. Uh, all yeah. these cities are all lining up saying, pick us, pick yeah. us. What does that tell you, though, about what's going on in Canada? Well, I, I think it's insane. I, I, think <laughs> that, I think that what our elected officials are doing, uh, they're sending all the wrong message to our high-growth technology sector and the, and the entrepreneurs and small business growing businesses that are in that sector. They're saying, you know what? 
it's a better place to go work as Amazon Canada than as a homegrown startup. And I think I'd like to see our elected officials bring the same enthusiasm they're bringing to Amazon or uh, or uh, or Microsoft in the case of, of downtown Vancouver, Google in the case of downtown Toronto. All these play, all these big multinationals coming and locating branch plants. Let's you know back to the same word where they're branch right. plants. They're not the headquarters. They can call it a headquarters too, but. Amazon is a Seattle-based company. Mm-hmm. It's a U.S. Multi-based multinational. So yes, we get some short-term benefit here in Calgary. Fifty thousand jobs would be transformational in many ways to the right. Calgary economy. Right. I get why the mayor and the elected officials are chasing it, but it's a terrible long-term strategy. Well, it's funny because the the reaction is, "Wow, wouldn't it be nice if they came here?" As you say, yeah. we can piggyback off their success. I don't see a lot of people saying, "How do we emulate what's happened there?" Why, why was a company like Amazon able to start up and thrive exactly. in the United States? Where, where are the where are Canada's Amazon? Exactly. That's exactly what I'm talking about. It's a mindset because we have all the capability to create an Amazon. The head of artificial intelligence now at Google, at Facebook, at Amazon, those are Canadians. Yeah. The fourth industrial revolution driven by artificial intelligence is being led by Canadians. Mm-hmm. We're fa- we've got a great education system around artificial intelligence, but we're not commercializing it. We're letting U.S. multinationals come into our country to commercialize it. Uh, something else that's been in the news, and it involves uh, small businesses, and the liberals have, have been under fire for some proposed changes to small business taxation. And I mean, it's a lot of it's yeah. really complex tax policy stuff. But this idea of small business, I think people romanticize the idea of, you know, the mom and pop shop. And I mean, we like the idea of people who take risks on their own and, and build up a business. Um do we have too many small businesses? Do we need to think bigger? Because having 100 employees is good. Having 1,000 is better. Having 10,000 is better, yeah. isn't it? Well, it's not that we have too many small businesses, in my opinion. I think that small business will always be an important part of the economy. What we don't have enough of is what I call in the book gazelles, high-growth firms. These are breakout companies that have the ability to be transformational in whatever city they operate in and export globally. That's, that's what I'm talking about. And I, mm-hmm. I point to BlackBerry as an example, right. and, and even though the endpoint wasn't great. BlackBerry was transformational to the Waterloo region. The Kitchener-Waterloo yeah. region was completely changed by that company. And there's now a startup entrepreneurial spirit that's the echo of that company all throughout that region. So I think that it's hard to really even quantify the intangible benefits of us going out there and building our own global winners that are located here in Canada and scaling globally. I talk about the automotive industry. You know, we assemble vehicles for Ford Canada, Chrysler Canada, GM Canada, <laughs> for Honda, for Toyota, Japanese manufacturers. There's no Canadian car. And I, there is no reason that I can find up and down looking at that industry with all the expertise we have in automotive, why there isn't a Canadian car, except our mindset. Yeah, BlackBerry is an interesting example. I think now BlackBerry has kind of become synonymous with with not adjusting to the to the times. But I yeah. mean, you know, as, as big as BlackBerry was, how transformational it was in the yeah. industry, we forget that that initial success story. Right, right. Because exactly. there there aren't many like them. No, we and we need more of them. But part of what I, you know, we, we try to say, well, we're, we're, we're going to try to emulate the U.S. We're going to be Silicon Valley North is a term that people throw around oh, a sure, lot. sure, all the time. Yeah. I don't like that term at all because I think we've got strengths in our culture, in our, our, our democracy, in our, our way of life here in Canada that is unique and strong. And I think that we actually need to talk about how we are our own, mm-hmm. uh, uh, our own vehicle 
to, for, for global promise. We're not trying to emulate anyone else. We got to stop doing that. Well, we benefit, though, from being next door to the U.S., trading with the U.S. Number but one as customer you of the country. Point out in the book, we're, we're very yeah. dependent on the U.S. Yeah, too much. Is that an unhealthy dependency? I, find, I think it's, uh, I mean, I talk to small business owners across the country and I say, you know, you, would you ever open your doors in the morning and run your business with one customer being 75% <laughs> of your revenue? One right. customer, 75% of your revenue. And of course, there's not a single business owner across the country who would say, yeah, that's a good idea. No. That's how we're running our country. The United States is 75% of our exports. We need them a great deal. They don't really need us at all. And you'll see it now in the NAFTA talks. You look at the NAFTA talks, and we're on the defensive because we need the trade with them a lot more than they need the yeah, trade we, with we us. We don't have much leverage. We, I, I think we have no leverage. I mean, the top exports that we have in the United States are petroleum-related and automotive, and they have at least two or three other sources of everything of those major exports that we give to them. So, well, including themselves. Now, including themselves right? domestically. Yeah. You know, so... Look, I'm, I'm an advocate for here in Alberta, we need to be refining uh, energy uh, to a much greater extent and exporting more refined products. We've, we, we need to be thinking about Alberta as a place of not just exporting crude, but refining crude and moving up the value chain in that industry. Okay. So we were talking about, we were talking about some pretty fundamental changes. And as you've alluded to, a lot of it is, you know, is mindset, is cultural, but does it have to be about policy too? I mean, where do we start? Yeah, I think governments, no question governments have a role to play, Rob. What I'm advocating for with governments is we need to start with taking down the barriers to interprovincial trade. Like we're yeah. the only small country. I mean, you look at Israel, you look at the Scandinavian nations, you look at the small Asian countries. They know how to trade within provinces and states within their own country. Right. We have a heck of a time here trading between... BC and Alberta, between Alberta and Saskatchewan, we have all kinds of barriers to interprovincial trade. It's easier for someone in Alberta to export to the United States than it is to sell into British Columbia in many it's instances. Crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. So we need to, that's one simple way that we can start to support our own homegrown businesses is help them trade domestically. Mm -hmm. And that is a policy. The other thing government needs to do urgently is, is double down on winners. So when you look at uh, the example of Scandinavian countries and you look at where they've picked you know, you take Finland, for example, they pick Nokia. Okay, Nokia, they pick Nokia and they make sure Nokia wins globally. We got to figure out our emerging gazelles, as I call them, our high growth firms that are like the, the next BlackBerry. We got to identify that company and we got to double down on that company. And that means the government making sure, as the Waterloo region did, that that company had all the resources it needed to propel itself to global prominence. But are government's good at that sort of thing? I mean, you're talking about <laughs> well, picking winners and losers, right? Are you? Look, it, it's offensive to our egalitarian <laughs> mindset here, potentially in Canada, but we can't afford to, we got to take that bet now on winners. But and what, what I'm advocating for specifically is uh, that we would take uh, a company that's already raised a certain amount of venture capital, and, the, and once they've raised a certain amount of venture capital, call it uh, $2 million as an example, that the government would match that with an anti-dilutive loan, meaning the, the entrepreneur would get a loan from the government for the same amount. That loan becomes repayable, though, if the entrepreneur decides to leave the country. So we, we encourage that, uh, that existing winner to grow faster, but create the jobs and the wealth and the tax revenues here in Canada. And governments are pretty good at figuring out how to get more tax revenue, so they, they can well, figure that true. one out. But I mean, you know, Bombardier is an example of a company we keep picking. Yeah. Uh, I don't know that they're winning yet. Uh, they, <laughs> I mean, I, I feel like this announcement yesterday was capitulation, actually. I think that... That's what it seems like. Uh, I don't know if taxpayers get a win out of that at all. Um, and I don't think we should be making 
single bets in the billions of dollars. I'm talking about we need to identify gazelles in by the dozens and help them propel themselves to global prominence, not say right. we're going to end up with a structural dependency on one single company. I'm not advocating for that. Well, yeah, and I, yeah. I think it even more than that, it seems to be we've decided ahead of time which industries we think we should be in. And maybe aerospace doesn't make sense for a country like Canada. It's not as though anyone decided ahead of time we need a company in Waterloo that makes smartphones, right? right? I mean, you know, the investors figured that out. The market figured that out. Yeah, yeah so the that, entrepreneurs figured that out, yeah. So that's yeah. what needs to drive it, isn't it? Yeah, I think that the business community's got to drive it. You know, I think, uh, but I do think there's an important role for government to play in ensuring that the... Uh, the environment, uh, the the regulatory environment, and the conditions are there. Right. To regardless, allow, though, of rega- what your company is regardless or what, of what industry, industry you're in. But I think we should start with the industries where we've already got a leadership position. So you take financial services, for example. Yeah. Okay, we've got five strong national banks. Our banking industry was hailed as among the best in the world in mm-hmm. the last recession. We weathered that really well. The U.S. banks did not weather, weather that storm very well at all. Right. But it was only TD that really expanded aggressively into the U.S. And now on every corner in Manhattan, there's a TD yeah. bank. Yeah. I don't know why the executives at all the other major banks and say, you know what, the valuations of these banks in the U.S. are so low and we're so strong, we're going to expand. We don't have that expansionist mentality because we are have our oligopoly in banking protected here domestically. Mm-hmm. I'm saying we got to change that urgently. Yeah, yeah, that's an interesting example. I think it's the arena in Boston, isn't it? It's the TD Bank yeah. arena. How many people know what the TD stands well, for? Well, I mean, I've walked down the street in Manhattan and done the acid test on that. No one knows that it's Toronto Dominion Bank. <laughs> yeah, exactly. say, you, you say they wouldn't even know what that means. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean, banking's a great example of a very buttoned-down, traditional, yep. conservative, and in, in the cautious sense, industry. It is, but we've got strength in that industry. Yeah. So if we yeah. can figure out how to create regulations that encourage fintech startups to use the strength of our financial services industry, leverage it, and create models that can, that can be exported globally, now we could have a whole new set of globally successful companies based right here in Canada. And there are some emerging early-stage fintechs, uh, Wealthsimple, BorrowWell. There's some of these exciting techno- fintech startups yeah. that are not just challenging the banks here in Canada. They're already exporting their services to the U.S. And that's exciting. So are we falling behind as a country? Is, is this a tipping point of sorts where if we wait too long, it's going to be too late? I think the fourth industrial revolution driven by artificial intelligence is upon us, and it's coming, and it's going to change every uh, thing, everything about the way we live and work. And that's coming, Rob, whether we embrace it or not. So are we going to let ourselves be uh, having uh, most of our lives controlled by a handful of large U.S. technology companies? Um, all of us... Uh, you and me here sitting here today, we're customers of Apple, Microsoft, Amazon, Facebook. I mean, we're using sure. yeah. so, and that's a significant part of our life already. And, and, uh, I think that we either going to have ourselves be sub- subjugated to those companies, or we're going to create our own winners and help our domestic economy prosper. But the time is right now. The pace of technological change is accelerating like something I, I can't even believe. Yeah. Well, these are some big issues. The book is called How We Can Win and What Happens to Us and Our Country If We Don't. Anthony, thanks so much for coming in here today. Appreciate Rob, it. Thank you. All right. That's uh, Anthony Lacavarigan. The book is called How We Can Win. We're back with more right after this. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.